Hey, if, if Josh ever didn't like us, he would just press live without us knowing and just like <laughs> just let us talk. He'd just be sitting back quietly. Oh man, yeah, yeah. getting docs. Yeah, that's. <laughs> You're gonna be banned because Yikes might be funny. Hey, oh god, oh god, oh god. Okay, okay. We're gonna be banned in real life. Twitch, Twitch is the least of our issues. We'd be banned in real life. Oh, oh, for sure, for sure. By the way, Twitch is the least of my words. Twitch, we we know, Josh. We know we are we are being very careful with our words right now because making sure y'all aware. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Again, it's not even like we would never be able. Hey, Ken, what you just saying on Twitch? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. So, um, as y'all know, we like to get the show started in, in interesting ways just to spark up conversation. And we talked about this a little bit off air, but we haven't really gotten into it yet, okay? So, you get one of these two things, but you can never have another one besides this thing, okay? You get to have the car of your dreams. You never have to purchase gas. You never have to... Um, you never have to do anything with it. It's the car of your dreams. It stays in perfect condition forever. Never loses value, but you cannot sell it, cannot rent it, can't Toro it, none of that. It's your car forever. You can never have another car or your dream house in your dream city or whatever the case may be. And uh, it ne it's never going to need repairs. You don't got to pay for it. Property taxes, all that, none of it. But you can never live any other place. Which one are you going with? So I'm going to go with the house. And initially, when I when I first was thinking of it, I was going to go car. But my reasons for going car was purely selfish. And uh, honestly, I'm at a point in my life where I'm trying to be more selfish because I feel like I, I give out too much and I don't give enough to myself. However, the benefits of having a dream home, like my dream car is a '69 Impala. It's not too many people that could benefit from that. Like the day that I do pass, if I got this car in perfect condition for the next 50 years. That car couldn't benefit anybody except me. If it gives like, yo, I need help moving. Like I can't help you move with a, with a sixty nine Impala. If I pass, I can't pass that car on to a, a grandchild, a niece, a nephew, nothing like that. Cause like you know, nobody. It's not a lot of people that want to drive around in that car. However, the house you can pass that house on. You can. They didn't say other people can't live there. You got a huge eight wing mansion or whatever. You got your whole family in there living good and not having to pay bills. So. I might have to go for the house for that reason, but I was leaning towards car just because I couldn't see myself living in the same place for forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris, which one you going with? I'm going to go car, man, because I'm a, you know, y'all know how I am. I'm the type of person that I live somewhere three, five years, and I'm up, like, I just, I, I hate being somewhere stuck. I also, yeah. I, I, I feel like houses, you outgrow them or you just get tired of them, so it's sometimes you want to just go to a different house. But cars, if I had a car that never had no problems, I would be happy because my car, my dream car is simple, a Durango SRT. If I had a Durango SRT, I, I, that's all I would need. Like, it's not like you can go get nothing much faster. It's not like you can get nothing much bigger. Wait right. a minute. Did but at the same time, if you pick your dream car, if you pick a specific year, you're going to be driving a 2022 SRT for forever. You get what I'm saying? Bro, wow. that car going to be a good car forever, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Especially if it don't get no damage on it, bro. True. Like, what can now, that honestly, car not do? If you if you get a Dodge and it's guaranteed to never have like any any problems, <laughs> yeah. 
If you'd had a nine, you already know. You have fatigue. Hey, you already know that. <laughs> Baby, that axle finna go. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I just drove it off the lot. Don't worry about it. Come back to me in a year or two. Um, I gotta go house, man. I gotta go house. Let me tell you why. The house to me, I like I'm I'm the exact opposite of Chris. I do not like moving at all. When I was younger, I grew up in the same house for 18 years. Yeah. When I was in college, I lived in the same apartment for four years. And then like when I finally was like, all right, bro, like I just ain't with all this. I moved into a different apartment and stayed there until I left Raleigh. Right. So like I, I'm not really like the I type hate of person too, but I've done it a lot. So yeah, no, nah, I, I hate it, bro. I hate it. So like, if if you give me my dream house, oh, we we good. Like I don't I don't care if me nor anybody else can monetize it. I do not care. I am good in my dream house. I am, and also houses are so much more expensive than cars, bro. Like right. If you talk about like which one you gonna save more money on, never having to fix up, never right, having you to don't do have nothing to pay for it. Man, no weather damage. I mean, oh, I get it, but I'm just somebody that, bro. Once I live somewhere for a certain amount, like I just got, I be having to move, and I, I mean, don't I like did. moving. It just be like, I just be want something different. Oh, and here's the biggest thing: which one is a bigger expense on your life? Not just like overall repairs and all that. Month to month, which one costs more? Housing, oh, definitely your house. car, definitely housing. Definitely. Hey, if I want to go somewhere else, I can still vacation. I can still. Be elsewhere for like a week or two, and then, yeah. all right, bro, I ain't violate the rules. I'm coming my black self right back to this uh dream house of mine, and that'll be the end of that. But yes, yeah, I'll for sure take a car over house. So now, fellas, we got to get into uh, a lot of things that happened. We got the, the worst betting odds ever. I mean, this is worse than Pete Rose. Jesus Christ, this is this is something like we've never seen before. Uh, we got. The, the future is in good hands in the NBA, which apparently includes a 37-year-old somehow. <laughs> and um, we have Kyrie Irving calling the Celtics fans bitter girlfriends. Hmm. You hate to see it. Things might get dicey on this show when we touch that topic. And also, is it going from a guards lead to a bigs lead? Some of the best players in the league are some of the biggest. Look at Joker. Look at Embiid. Look at Giannis. What's going on? We got Duke and the Brotherhood losing to Coach K. I mean, I'm sorry, losing to UNC in Coach K's last ever home game. Who? Ooh, we we got to talk about it. And Manfred in this lockout. We hey, what's going on? Is are we gonna have baseball? Are we ever gonna have baseball again outside of college? Who knows? But we're gonna talk about all that and more on this uh, show we got coming up. That sound like a good show to y'all? Sound great to me. Of course. Alrighty, well, before I get into the intros, don't forget that Facts Over Acts is the pod that's trying to get you paid. We have the Pod Pick'em Challenge, folks. We are about to start pumping this thing hard on social media. We are going to get this thing rolling everywhere. I'm telling you, when this thing takes off and gets some steam, you're going to want to be a part of it. We're giving you a chance to turn your $30 into $1,000. All you have to do is be subscribed to Facts Over Acts from the month that the NFL season starts through the month of the Super Bowl, beat all three of us at picking winners. We will have three to five games every single week until the playoffs, and we will still be picking through the playoffs. If you beat all three of us, your name will be entered into a raffle to win. If we have 500 subscribers, the first place winner will receive $1,000 cash. 
I know that that'll only be enough to fill up your gas tank once by the time this is all over, but <laughs> but your $30 ain't going to be enough to do nothing but buy gum. So you might as well spend it here. All right. So what's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Axe Crew, the pod that's trying to get you paid. We got the master, the mixer master, Josh Gotten in the building. That is I. We got the money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And then you got the little old MC. That's me, Kenton Gibbs. Now, fellas, I... I've never seen anything like this, okay? I've never seen anything like this. Calvin Ridley it has been suspended from the NFL for betting on games. Now, we keep getting updated news on this moment by moment, but let's just start off with this. Josh, what was the name of his profile? <laughs> Calvin Ridley, ATL. <laughs> I... Like I, I struggle to believe this. I really do. I, Calvin Ridley, ATL. I saw I saw somebody tweeted it out as a joke, so I, I fact checked in order to, and I saw a, a couple of reputable sources say that was the username. I, I legitimately can't believe this. I legitimately cannot believe it. Wow, wow. So, <laughs> fellas, what are y'all? What are y'all initial thoughts about this? Talk to me. Um. <clears throat> It's to the point to where I, I look at it from a few things. I look at it from three different perspectives. One, Calvin really isn't a player that's just coming in and getting a couple of dollars to play. Football players get paid. He's a football player that gets paid. So, mm. one, what is the point of putting in these bets when you know it's at risk, considering the salary that you have, right? Yeah. Like, I know people that make significantly less money and figure, like, hey, gambling is not worth it. Or even if you have an addiction to gambling that you're not willing to admit, there are so many different avenues in which you can gamble before it comes to impacting your career. Mm -hmm. Two, my second perspective on it is, if you know how much this is going to affect your career, why is it so accessible for the final that you're betting on these games? Three, from the NFL's perspective and sports in general's perspective on the way that they sanction out, I know money is at the top of the, the pyramid when it comes to what impacts sports and what affects sports. But the NFL has had far too many controversies in the past decade for Calvin Ridley to be the one that gets suspended for a year. I can think of a lot of years suspensions that should have been handed out in, in, in the NFL specifically. <laughs> and putting some parlays or you getting 150 yards shouldn't be one of those. Hey, listen, I'm going to just say this. I know when I saw that Ray Rice joint, I knew immediately. I'm like, oh, he's the, the, the league is going to like suspend him for forever. Like, yeah. He's he's cooked. And the although he was informally fired because the Ravens let him go and no other team ever picked him up, I – they did not. They gave him a, what What was it, six games? They gave him a six-game suspension? I think it was six, yeah. Woo-wee. Woo-wee. That, that video was terrible, too. That video was just terrible. Chris, your thoughts on this, man? I'm glad it's a PG show. I'm very good. I'm, I'm very glad this is a PG show. First things first. Calvin, Calvin, Calvin. If you're going to get caught, don't tweet your story out. That's the first thing. Why is he tweeting the story out? I might get a year tops, if that. Yeah, y'all mad at me. I don't have a gambling problem. You, I'll bet $1,500 that I don't have a gambling problem. Like, you, you, like you, you know, 
Why why are you tweeting about the situation to the point where like ESPN is saving your tweets and retweeting them? Basically saying Calvin Ridley tweets this. Like oh, if you go on his tweet, wasn't the only ones. They wasn't the only ones. We all got a piece of that. Terrible. Like Terrible. like he was trending on Twitter for a good five hours today. Because he wouldn't stop tweeting about the situation. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. even if they was going to let you back in the NFL, you're not going to get back now. Because you made the situation a, a contained situation to a messy situation. You could have came out with an apology and said this, said that. But no, you wanted to go play with people on Twitter. Grow mm-hmm. up. Grow mm-hmm. up. Grow up. You know, here's here's my thing about this whole thing, right? When Sam Hurd got – do y'all remember who Sam Hurd is? I don't. I don't either. He was a wide receiver in the league. He played for the Cowboys and the Bears. He got caught moving Yale. When he got caught, he was sentenced to 15 years. Now, here's the interesting thing about Sam Hurd. A lot of people ask the same question we're asking about Calvin Ridley. Why would he do it? It doesn't make sense. What's going on? According to the documents from the federal government and their surveillance of him, he was moving upwards of $2 million worth of product a month. Okay. His contract was about five five million over three years. That was the, the contract. Right. That was his second contract. Mm-hmm. At least mathematically, that makes sense. <laughs> right. Like I look at that and I'm like, hey, you know, it's not right according to the law, but I mean, the man was clearing 24 M's tax free. He was clearing 24 M's tax free. I can I can logically justify that off the ends. Um uh Mr. Ridley, wouldn't no wouldn't no bet you was making making you this much money. No way. Couldn't be. Couldn't be. As Chris has told us many times on this show, there is no such thing as a good better. No such no thing. No such thing. Only lucky so, betters. Only lucky. So so you sitting up here playing around with all this, you sitting up here betting all these ridiculous amounts of money or whatever the case may be, there's a chance of you losing. When Sam Hurd was moving two bricks, that was a fully built out business. You understand? <laughs> you just don't lose that much product and everybody just like, oh yeah, we don't know where in the supply chain it went wrong. Somebody, because of the threat of violence, is going to find that money. Somebody's going to find and at least at, at least that's incognito too. His account was his name and the city he plays for. <laughs> Again, I, I just, I don't understand it. And and by the way, if you are watching this or if you're listening to this and you got kids in the car, you are a child. Sam Hurd got sentenced to 15 years. So please, it's not worth it either way. It's not, I'm not saying that what Sam Hurd did was worth it. I'm saying numerically, I can justify it and say, oh, okay. I get how this leads to this. I get it. Bro, you're you're out here betting get. Why? Why? And then fifteen hundred dollars on a three leg only make you about I want to say close to twenty five, thirty thousand dollars. It's not gonna make you that much, especially if you betting on the Falcons. Like it ain't gonna make you that much. And here's the worst part: Calvin Ridley has a brother that plays in the NFL or played in the NFL, Riley Ridley. Why are you doing this? It's two of y'all in the league. Even if you ain't making super great guap, if you could play in the NFL, guess what? You can probably go to the CFL. You can probably go to, to some other league somewhere in the world to make yourself a decent amount of money playing the game. What is, what is your problem? What is wrong with you? Anywho, 
that that just you know I worst parlay ever, ladies and gentlemen. Worst parlay in the history <laughs> of parlay. Think, think about this: the man put up fifteen hundred and lost eleven million. Oh, yeah. oof. Again, when I tell y'all I would be shaking and throwing up like Jamie Foxx and Ray. <laughs> when I tell you I would be for my Euphoria fans like Cassie in the pool, I would be. It would be all over the place because I, I just couldn't. I couldn't look at myself after doing such a thing. I just I, I'm sorry. I couldn't. Uh, but you know that that was just a, a terrible, boneheaded, not so great thing to do. But we got to flip that and talk about some of the greatest performances that we've seen this season all happening in a seven-day span. Now, Tatum, Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics goes off for 54 points on 16 of 30 shooting, 8 of 15 from three, five rebounds and three assists, okay? LeBron goes off for 56 points, 10 rebounds, three assists on 19 of 31 shooting, 6 of 11, six of 11 from deep in a win over the Warriors. Uh, Tatum beat the, the Brooklyn Nets. Joker went off for 46, 12, and 11 on 16 of 22 shooting, 3 of 5 from deep, and 4 blocks. First player to get a 40-point triple-double with 4 blocks since LeBron in 2010. And last but not least, John Morant put up 52, 7 rebounds and 2 assists on 22 of 30 from the field, 4 of 4 from deep. Fellas, which of these was was the the most impressive performance to you? Um, this might be a, a moment in facts over X history that we're gonna have to to submit, but I'm going with LeBron as the most impressive performance. Wait, wait, oh wait, man, wait, 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 oh wait, man, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> write that down. Write that down. Write that down. Hold on, March seven. March seven, twenty twenty two. Oh no, hold on, get hold on. I, I got to say that for that. Josh. Yeah, hey, he did it. The notorious LeBron hater. Boy, I tell you what. I tell the you battles what. me and Josh have had about Brian before we got <laughs> on this podcast. Hey, listen, <laughs> hey, listen. It's Skip Bayless, Josh. Skip <laughs> Josh. Like, like, it ain't that crazy. Like, it ain't that crazy. The the battles nah, nah, we've had. Go the battles we've had. And it probably was because Kobe was still playing, and Guyton would not let you put Brian and Kobe in the same sentence. Like, no, not at all. He went, <laughs> no. Back in the day, you couldn't. You back couldn't in the day, I wouldn't have that. I was. Bro, how you gonna compare him to Jordan? Can he pass Kobe? <laughs> hey, listen, bro. I remember in chemistry class, bro. I vividly remember this. He had the frohawk. The Frohawk days. The Guyton had the Frohawk. I was talking about Brian at the table. Over Guyton heard Brian. He said, "Bro, Brian, <laughs> I'm like, bro, I, I let you talk." I think to that's you. the first conversation I ever had with Chris. I could like Brian, trash, bro. Nah, bro. He was like, Brian is trash, bro. You see how much he cried? He big baby. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute, that's your origin story? That's how y'all that, that, That's legit how I met Guyton. <laughs> then I just started talking sports with him. I just started talking sports with him. And then oh, I, he started saying, you a reasonable Brian fan. You don't think that LeBron, like his his oh, analogy always was, oh, if LeBron made some toast, people on the internet would be like, this is the greatest toast ever because LeBron made it. And I never was that type of Brian fan. Like, yeah, I was a Brian fan, but it was never like, if LeBron punched me in the face, I would still like worship him. Like it never was oh, like God. Oh, right. God. 
Some people if, if just he, weird. If he decked me, I'm just like, I'm never going to wash my face again. Shut up, dork. Just go. Just stop. <laughs> stop it. You're making the rest right. of us look bad. Right. Oh, man. So, oh, man. So, Chris, Chris. Oh, I'm sorry, Josh. Explain why uh, what what Brian did is most impressive to you. So, so here's if you're looking at it just like highlights, or you didn't really see these games. I, you would say Jai had the most impressive performance just because of the crazy dunk he had over. Uh, I think it was Bertans that he that he dunked over. No, it was it was um, some portal. Some foreign foreign dude. Um, it Yaka portal. That's what it was. Yeah. Tomato tomato. Bertans portal. Um, he, he had the crazy buzzer beater. He had the half court shot. So we had a lot of impressive highlights, but here's the thing. Even without Draymond on the floor, the Warriors are still one of the most impressive defensive teams. They don't have a lot of size, but they know how to take you out of your spots. They know how to get you in uncomfortable positions. And they've, the Warriors are slowed down a lot of, a lot of hot scores this season. If you see the Warriors, the losses the Warriors have taken is come from bigs down low and it comes from like uh, overall team performance. You haven't seen a lot of especially wings or guards go off against the Warriors this season. Um it's it, most impressive because LeBron started off the game getting to the paint. So they started collapsing on LeBron with Clay and Wiggins and uh Steph was playing the help side. So then LeBron started shooting the ball. So they started doubling Brown on the perimeter. So then Brown moved to the post. So that's the most impressive performance out of all of these because, one, the Lakers need every win that they could possibly get. Two, mm. he wasn't getting much help out of his teammates whatsoever. And three, we've, we haven't seen LeBron play that well-rounded of a game since probably the Miami days as far as, like, different ways that he scored a ball. We've seen LeBron go off recently. He's either hot from deep or he's getting to the basket or he, he's getting to work in a post. It's rare that we've seen him pull off a performance where he's getting all three in about a decade now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, Chris, which one is most impressive to you, man? I mean, bronze was good, but did y'all see that boy Jason Tate? Like, that was it. Like, usually most people that go back head-to-head with KD, man, Eventually, they'd be like, okay, he just hitting anything, bro. I'm not about yeah. to keep scoring with him. Tatum said, oh, you you shot, you shot a three? I got one back for you. And then get a steal, and then he was laying it up again. He had five of his three. Like, Tatum was having his way with that Brooklyn team. And Steve Nash, I want you arrested. Because arrested. <laughs> right. Arrested. Jailed immediately. You have, you have a couple bodies you could have threw at him. And you... For whatever reason, trusted in Seth Curry on switches to guard somebody that was giving you literally he was giving you forty in three quarters, and they didn't double. They they like were like, oh no, we're just not going. I mean, hey, he, he can. I, I guess the game plan is was the if he go off, then just don't let nobody else go off. But right. the thing is. They let Marcus Smart get off, Jalen Brown get off. And that's the thing. If 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 you're telling me, looking at this Celtics team, what you going to give up, I'll tell you what. All right, let's dedicate everything we got to Tatum and Brown. If Marcus Smart beat us, I'll live with that. I'll live with that. If Marcus Smart dropped 40 and beat us, hey, he dropped 40 and beat us. I, yeah, I don't I think Marcus on. Smart has dropped 35 and beat nobody, so 40. <laughs> but what I don't understand is how – the Steve Nash sit there and let that happen, you know? Like, yeah. how do you not put in Claxton on him, put in Bruce Brown? On him? You know, it was several guys on that bench. 
you could have threw at him. You could have threw KD on him a couple times. I guess when Ben Simmons come back, that solve a lot of issues because being guarding Jason Tatum, his fifty would have been a lot harder. But right. Trey Young showed us that Ben is a great defender, and he might make you shoot a lot of shots, but he ain't a world beater. You can't yeah, stop all time can... players. I mean, in in today's NBA, there's no way. There's no way you can stop a great offensive player. There's nothing you can do. You just got to count on the missing. Because if you go through screens perfectly, all they got to do is literally stop on the other side of the screen, throw up a shot, and they're going to draw the foul every time. Literally every time. Oh, you fought through that screen? Dummy. Give me these three shots from the foul line, please. Thank you. You know, so. I'm sorry, but I got to agree with Josh here, man. Bronze was the most impressive to me for this reason. But, but, Jokic was a close, close, close second. Because the efficiency with which Jokic did it. Although it was against the Pelicans, I mean. Actually, ooh. the Pelicans not that bad with CJ McCullough. He been playing ooh. ball and lights out down there. Like, ooh, you gave Jackson Hayes buckets. Ooh. <laughs> but, but, uh, Jokic was a close second. But, but the, the, I mean, I'm sorry to say it, but y'all all seen the meme. You 36. Like, this man is 37 years old. He's been in the league for more years of his life than he's been out. You understand? Like, none of these players. If his, if, his, uh, if his career was a human being, it would be old enough to drink in every other developed nation except America. Like, yeah. what? If, if his career were, were a human... It would probably have racked up about 50k in student loan debt already. You understand? Like that's that's how good this man has been for how long. And and again, you're not just talking about going up against any whoever. Because don't get me wrong, the Spurs backcourt does have some very good defense. So Ja doing what he did, very impressive. Uh, don't get me wrong. If you're talking about um, if you're talking about the the Nets. I'm sorry, but there, there's nothing there. The Nets and the Pelicans, there's really not much there that you can tell me defensively. I'm like, oh, man, that's something to be worried about. So to me, that, that brings it between uh, the, the, the efficiency aside from the Joker. You're looking at John Brown at that point when you're talking about who had the best comp to play against. But again, you got a 37-year-old on this court, man. His career is older than some of the guys he's playing against. Like, that's – come on, man. Come on, dog. Give it a rest. Give it a rest, man. Give it a rest. It, it don't make sense that he has to do that much for the Lakers to even sniff wins, but that's another story for another time. But, again, 56 points. Old, I want to say he's the oldest player to ever put up 50, right? Am I – am nah. I off Kobe had a game where he had 51. Oh, you know um, what? Kobe put Jordan up 60 had a in his game. last game, didn't he? Yeah, and Kobe put up 60 in his last game. Jordan had a game with the Wizards where he put up over 50. Um, and Kobe was already also, 37, though. I don't know. If, um, okay, yeah, yeah. Kobe, Kobe was older. Kobe was older. Kobe was yeah, older. Kobe's 37. Yeah, and, then, and then he had one when he was 38. And then Jordan. Yeah. And then um, it was one other player. Um, I mean, either way. Either way you look at it, he's too old to be putting up numbers like that. He's, yeah. he's too old to be giving you darn near 60. Come on, man. Come on, dog. Like, what? What? And, and, this man. And, and, Wiggins is not a slouch on defense either. Like, Wiggins can guard. Oh, absolutely. I, all right. So here's 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 where I'll here's where I'll leave this thing, and this will be the last thing I say on it. 
I'm pretty sure uh, LeBron was drafted closer to uh, LeBron was drafted closer in year to Steve Nash than he was uh, Tatum. I feel pretty confident in that. Well, Brown was drafted in 03, yeah. Brown was drafted in 03, Nash was drafted in 96. No, he was drafted in 96. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's crazy. Seven years. Again, that's crazy. That's that's nuts. That is just, wow, wow. Anywho, we got to go back to Boston because we, for whatever reason, even though though we just talked about how impressive Tatum's game was in the win, there was a point in the game late in the fourth quarter uh, when one of one of the Celtics players was going to the free throw line, it was clear that the game was put away. Celtics fans begin to chant, Kyrie sucks. And uh, the Celtics players kind of calmed him down because obviously there's a Celtic player at the free throw line and maybe don't. But with that right. being said, uh, Kyrie after the game says, Boston fans are acting like a spurned girlfriend or a bitter ex-girlfriend rather. Um they pretend like they hate you, but in reality, they just want an explanation, and they're waiting for a text back. Fellas, what do you think about this quote? What do you What do you think about this? Man, uh, we're at the point where everything that Kyrie says, you just got to take with a grain of salt. Kyrie is the one. Um, everybody, I wouldn't say friend, but everybody know that one dude that sounds way smarter than he actually is just because he talks like at a methodical pace and uses big words when you actually break down what he's saying you like yo he you <laughs> you you just talked to me for 12 minutes and said nothing that's Kyrie um yeah and I, I think it's just the point where you got to take what he says with a grain of salt and the quote that he said really didn't make sense because you stood in front of 20,000 people and said y'all promise that you know I'm gonna resign and now your team suck, and y'all lost to Boston the past two times y'all met. And it's Boston. It's sports. That's something that you that you expect. I don't even know why he's putting this much energy into it, but you know we don't know what uh what Kyrie's intentions or the things that he like to put energy into. So I I think it's just a it's just Kyrie being Kyrie at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me let me step in right here. Kyrie is. Is so interesting with quotes like this because there is like Kyrie, you really think they want you back on this team? You you think that's what the fans want? You think like if the if they had to give up anything of significance to get you, you think that Celtics fans would want the Celtics to do that? <laughs> like this again, the way in which Kyrie is not only one of those people that's like a contrarian with no point for real. He's also that guy that like thinks way higher of himself than like, like it's the dude that, you know, now that we're all older and have been away from high school for like 10 years, it's the dude that like, yeah, bro, I used to own the halls when I walked around. And he was like, bro, nobody knew you. Like, <laughs> you was not nobody. You were not anybody Ain't special. Ain't that every old head you ever meet? That's every old head you yeah. ever meet. Especially yeah. at the gym. Every old head at the gym swear they swear they was the the, the best thing next to sliced bread. Yeah. But that that is exactly my point, Kyrie. You're not you're not old enough. You're not removed far enough from this to tell that lie. Like, let's be honest, bro. Celtics fans were mad that you left and all that, but they quickly were like, "Oh yeah, right. Looks like we're better without them." Okay, like come on, bro. Have some self awareness. Have some. T- uh, anywho. Chris, what you think, man? Hey, man, I'm going to have to say it. I'm going to have to say it. Man. I, 
Kyrie is the bitter ex girlfriend. That that that's who Kyrie <laughs> is. Kyrie is that. You he powdered his way out. Of, he powdered his way out of Cleveland when he was in a great situation. He powdered his way out of Boston. He didn't answer the phone calls when they were reaching out to him when he said he was going to resign. He just left the arena, signed with a different agent, and signed with Brooklyn within a, a week, all of a week. Yep. Moody, privileged, all of the above. That's that's Kyrie. Kyrie's the bitter girlfriend. <sighs> Kyrie is mad. They're booing him because of the, the choices he made. Man. You hate to see that. Let's let's be real here. Let's be real. That that's why Kyrie's mad. He he the dude that cheated on his girlfriend five times and then tweet, I'm fighting demons. Like <laughs> you the demon. <laughs> demon. You the demon. <laughs> there is no demon. You you fight yourself. That's what's going on, young man. He you cheated ten yourself. times and then have a whole argument because our coworker bought her uh leftovers. <laughs> so bro bought you a four for four and you ate it. So, bro, bought you a four for four, and you, you might as well wear his buffs. You, I was about to say something that wasn't PG, but y'all know what they call it when you wear somebody else's buffs in the city of Detroit. Y'all get it, you know. Anyway. I, think, I think we can say, I don't know, can we say chicken head? Well, that's I what, mean, that's that, the chicken head is is pretty PG. That's pretty yeah, PG. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. There are many, <laughs> many worse things that we can say on this right. show. There, but yeah, no, that's that is. I mean, it's. Kyrie, you got to stop it, bro. You the, you the spirit. You be saging all them spirits out of all them places. Kyrie, you're the evil spirit going on, bro. <laughs> it's you. Did them no, little that, evil spirits that, be that, bouncing that, off the walls to come right back to you, my brother? That's what's that's going what on. That's what I'm saying, Gibbs. It's like, like, bro, why why comment? Just say the fans boo because they, they don't like me. Like, they right. keep it pushing. Why you got to call them names? Not when they come... Now next time he playing in Boston, it's gonna be, it's gonna be ten times worse. Cause I I live out here in Boston for those that don't know, and these fans out here like New York is one thing, then Boston's another thing. Like these Boston fans out here don't care about life like at all. I don't know, man. I don't know if you go in New York and say the words Trey Young three times, you might get snuffed. I know it. No, that's what I said. New York fans. New York fans is one way, Boston fans another way, but they're they not too far off. I'm telling you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pe- they, people happened both. last time Kyrie went to the, the, I think the game. Boston they threw fans a water bottle worse. I think Boston fans are worse only because New York has a chance to be divided. So you Knicks or Nets, you Jets or Giants, you Yankees or Mets, even though it's like seven. Everybody out here love the Celtics and Pats. Right, but Everybody. if you Boston, y'all, y'all are a unit. Yeah, yeah, it's just it, you rocking one for one. This is this is what it is. I get yep. it. I get it. I get it. I'll tell you this though. I'll tell you this though. The reality is, at this point, I mean, it it feels like everything. Kyrie is like, uh, if y'all watch Love Is Blind, if y'all watch uh, Love Is Blind too, it feels like when Shake was talking in the um, in the reunion, where every time he says something, every cast member in unison was, oh my god, bro, why? <laughs> Why? Like that's that's exactly what's happening with Kyrie because it's 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 getting pretty bad. It's you know every time he talks, somebody is just looking up and just wondering why. And and speaking of why, we got to talk about Kyrie's alma mater. Well, actually, he didn't graduate, so I don't know if it's is this still your alma mater? If you didn't graduate, yeah, if you want it done, it's still your alma mater. Okay, well, yeah. we got we got to talk about his alma mater. 
the Duke Blue Devils, they lost to uh, their bitter-hated rivals, the Tar Heels, in Coach K's last-ever game at Cameron. How? Why? Any thoughts about this with all the ceremony and 80 players being lined up? Any thoughts about it, fellas? Um, no, it's not too many thoughts to put into it. I just think it's uh, I just think it's a more of a narrative of what's going on currently with college basketball, which I don't mind. And I just think uh, I hate the rough on the old heads feathers, but I think it's just a lot more talent across all sports now than it was maybe 20 years ago when Coach K was able to dominate. Because even though he might have a great recruiting class, it's still 100 players coming out of high school. It could be five-star recruits. And, like, the, the college and the NBA is just stacked with a lot more raw physical talent. Um, So I just think Coach K isn't able to finesse and get draft class as good as he was able – I mean, uh, recruiting class as good as he was able to. So even though he has those top players, it, it's still, you know, they aren't just out in the way blowing every team out. And I don't think we'll see that happen in college basketball for a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chris, what you thinking, man? You know, Gibbs, you got a saying that says Vegas says some outrageous things. Vegas Absolutely. had Duke minus eleven this game. Minus and eleven. You know, and you know the most interesting part about that? Again, this is why I say sometimes Vegas say whatever because they want to give away some money. Duke all year was winning at home by an average of eight points. Yeah. By minus eleven. Vegas gave Duke minus eleven. That's how sure they were that Duke was gonna pull off this win for Coach K. Them Duke Blue Devils said, nah, <laughs> eleven Vegas. We we gonna lose by eleven. How about that? Vegas gonna give us eleven point favorites. Nah. Now, the game was actually a pretty good game. I watched a good chunk of the game before I left doing what I was doing. Uh, I was busy Saturday. But that Duke team started off the game with high energy, and it kind of just plateaued right after that first yep. 10 minutes. Like, Paolo, I think he started the game 4 for 4 or 4 for 5 something like that. Paolo Churro, mm-hmm. he was balling. And then after that, he didn't even get the ball again. And it was just like kind of like Duke was just – there was too much emotions in the building, I think. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I think they just didn't I, live up to it. There were 96 former Duke players there. Why? What type of drugs are you smoking? <laughs> what type of crack are you on to think? Listen, I am i don't really care one way or the other about farewell tours. I don't have a strong enough feeling about it to say, oh, it's this or it's that. Right. When you do all that before the game, please know, even, even when, with Kobe, he was dealing with professionals, right? Kobe is dealing with grown men who have mortgages, who have children, who have all that. Right. When Kobe was going on his farewell tour, he knew what was going to happen with the Lakers that year. They weren't supposed to be good anyway. He knew the fanfare and all the extras before the game was not going to help them focus and do what they had to do any better. He knew he was going to take all the shots he wanted, play as little defense as he wanted, because he earned that right. He earned that right. But he knew what it was going to do to the team in on the back end of that. If if Coach K was interested in winning this game, it would not have been no ceremony with all these players lined up together before the game. Are you well? Are you? <laughs> you 
you're about to play in the rivalry that people call the, the greatest rivalry in, in all the sports. Some people call it the greatest rivalry in all the sports, okay? It's, that is a very subjective thing, sure. But some people call it that. Why would you put your players through all that extra before that? Again, these are not adults. These are not people with mortgages. The, the most that they got to pay is the lease on the Hellcat. That's it. <laughs> that is the most responsibility these boys have ever seen. And you're like, ah, yes, the pressure of Carlos Boozer and his Beijing hairline here in the flesh. Mmm, <laughs> go win Question, the ball have y'all ever seen in the history of, I was going to say college basketball, but college sports, a team, like, get put under pressure to perform or do something and they actually showed up? Um, I mean, it, it depends on what you define as pressure, really, because it's, it's been a few. It's been a few that, like, everybody knew you're supposed to win. You have to win this game or else. Right. And they showed up and did what they were supposed to do. I mean, it's been a few. But, I, again, I don't know why you would put this amount of – I've never seen anybody have a ceremony like this before a game and win. I've never seen that. No. No. Because, again, why would you bring 100 former players back? Why would you do that? <laughs> right. Who told you that was good? All 200 of his former players were invited. And yet, ninety six accepted, and all of them participated in the pregame. I feel ceremony. like I feel like that ain't even all of them. <laughs> so why them two hundred? Either way, either. Oh, I'm sorry. It was over two hundred were invited. Over two hundred, but ninety six were able to accept. And my thing with that is, if you want to invite those players, you know what I'm saying? Invite uh Grant Hill. You know, invite uh Christian Leitner. Put in some work there. Bring Christian Leitner through. But why is like you know the sixth man from the '97 team? <laughs> why is hey. Craig Smith? <laughs> hey, hey, come on, man. Hey, come on, man. Craig well, Smith, see JJ Reddick get ready. Y'all see JJ Reddick? Nah, what was he on? What what was bro, JJ? JJ Reddick was just too into the game, bro. Like everything. And I, I mess with JJ, and I like his podcast. But he was taking that game more seriously than people out there playing. Like it was just like. But Relax. that's why you don't bring all of that's why you don't do all that. That's why you don't do all that. You don't, when you know that your your players are you have one of the younger teams in America. They had three guys on freshman all ACC team. They were a very young team. Why you would set them up for failure like that? Again, half of these kids are not even done growing yet. I'm not talking about mentally, physically. They've got a, right. a couple growth spurts left in them. And you're like, ha, 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 Grant Hill, everyone. <laughs> Talk to the people. Bro, you knew. You knew. You knew y'all was finna get the wheels whipped off you. And congratulations. Y'all Y'all was fixing for a whooping, and you got it. You got it. Shout that's, out, that's shout out Coach you. K, though. That's a legend, Coach. Oh, mm -hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, Coach K is an absolute legend. And again, this is why I say I don't feel one way or the other about Fair World Tours. Because there has only been one unsuccessful Fair World Tour that I've ever seen. <laughs> Y'all know who that was, right? My only thing with Paul Pierce is <laughs> my only thing with Paul Pierce is like when you have a farewell, we have a farewell tour. Like us as a sports community deems it as a farewell tour. You know what I'm saying? People say they retire and be like, "Yo, you know what? Let's listen, old dude, out on the right foot." Paul Pierce was like, I retired, y'all. He was just like, okay. <laughs> no, what I don't understand is, what I don't understand is, Paul Pierce was was like, 
a role player like his last year, and he was still expecting them to like treat him like like he was that guy still. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he was like when he went into the arenas and stuff, he was like, "Why they not cheering for me? Why like why the visitor team not cheering for me?" Like bro, like, fifteen year olds like there, they don't know who you are. They don't know. They have no clue who you are, my boy. They have no clue who you are. And, and the worst part, the worst part about the whole, uh, the worst part about Paul Pierce's farewell tour attempt is like, it's one thing for like it to be unsaid that like, this is the failure of a farewell tour. When Draymond said, you chasing that farewell tour like Kobe, they don't love you like that. <laughs> like, bro, it's it's one thing. But but you know what's crazy? I think Draymond gonna be on that when he retired. I think Draymond. Oh, absolutely gonna... not. Absolutely Draymond. not. If he stayed, bro, think about think about if he stays in Golden State, Draymond would get a farewell tour if he stayed in Golden State. Nah, bro. But and I was just about to say that's the other part. You went to other teams and did not do nothing there. Right. That's the worst part. You cannot Kobe got a farewell tour. Why? Because he played for the Lakers every year. And he never went nowhere. He is a lifetime Laker. So that even if the league, but but, like but Kobe got a farewell like, tour everywhere, though. You know what I mean? But that that's what I'm saying. Even if the rest of the league hated him, did not like him, at least with the Lakers, he was going to get a farewell tour. Right, bro. Paul Pierce's last year was with the Clippers. Bro, no, they trade. Remember they trade. They trade him to the. Uh, he signed a one day contract with the Celtics so he can end his game at the Celtics. So he kissed the but, middle of the arena and all that. But that's what I'm saying though. The actual substance of his last season was with the the meat of it was with the Clippers. Like, come on, bro, come on. The, again, Bron, because of what he has done for the game, he will wherever he is at the end of his career, wherever he's gonna get a farewell. I mean, Wade was the same so way too. Remember Wade last year. Everywhere he went, everybody came. And, and and Wade didn't Wade go back to Miami for his last year? Yeah, he went back. He went back to Miami. There you go. Coach K was with Duke for forty something years, bro. Forty years. And 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 what happened? He gets a farewell tour. Paul, don't you know? Young players learn from this, okay? We I don't know how many uh, professional basketball players or future NBA players are going to listen to this podcast, but if you are listening. Please, I'm begging you, learn from Paul Pierce. If you are not a lifer with one team or you have not changed the game immeasurably, don't go hunting for a farewell tour. Don't do it. Don't, because there will be a Draymond. And when you talking your talk, he going to talk back. And you're going to be sitting on that bitch. I have never seen, we have seen Paul Pierce shoot a deuce on the court. And yet and still, I have never seen that man look as down bad as he did in that moment. When Dre Bob said, you chasing that farewell tour, they don't love you. They don't love you like that. You thought you was Kobe or something? <laughs> then get fired from ESPN his first year or second year out the league. I'm, I'm trying to think of like a comparable player. If they tried to hit a farewell tour right now, would get treated like Paul Pierce. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, it, it's tough because like we we all know all these players got common sense. Like they just wouldn't do it. Honestly, I don't I don't see it in his personality to do this, but the way that he played or the trajectory of his career, honestly, depending on how long he played, that could be like Anthony Davis farewell, farewell tour. Oh, please stop it! You don't nah, think so? Nah. Stop it! He won't take so? the Lakers, bro. 
He don't care. Anthony Davis don't care. No I know what I'm saying. I'm saying, though, if he get, if he tried to do one, that's what would happen. I'm saying I don't see it in his oh, personality yeah, 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 to yeah, try to yeah, do yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying as far as, yeah. like, career trajectory, of course, AD numbers are way higher than Paul Pierce's. But as Low far key? as just, like, how the public views them. Oh, absolutely. Like, it was like, you know what I'm saying? You know, I kind of like this guy. Then they won one championship, and then everybody Low was key? like, you know what? They stink. Low-key, <laughs> because, because he team hopped at the end of his career, I might get, I might get criticized for this. But y'all remember Carmelo wasn't in the league for them years. I was nobody thinking really Melo, said nothing but, about but, that. But nobody really said nothing. Melo got too much respect amongst like our generation. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They, I'm telling you, people people love Melo. Like people actually like him as a human being. Right. Don't like like Melo, Melo would get shown love just off the strength of how many years had the baby blue, the powder blue Nuggets jerseys in like fourth grade. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, bro. What? But but what I'm saying is because he team hop and it. Because remember when he got cut when he got let go from the Rockets, Melo was at the crib chilling and nobody was paying it. Like nobody said nothing about Melo. Yeah. It was just like Melo. The Melo's is not in the league no more. Yeah, yeah. But again, people like Melo. Nobody yeah, likes Paul Pierce do. like right. like Paul Pierce. Is like, hey, bro, I ain't getting a farewell tour. Bro, stop. We can get you a, we, I mean, the, the concession stand got pretzels half off tonight. We can get you a, one of them hard cheese joints. Can I at least get a soft cinnamon? We got hard cheese. Hard cheese. That's it, my boy. That's all we got for you, man. I don't, I don't know what, hey, they said, this is look, not bro. our Annie's. They said, look, look, bro, we might give you a 75 anniversary because nobody care about that, but. Other than that, that's it. That's it, big fella. That's all you getting from us, big dog. I don't know what you thought this was. Hey, serious question. Serious question. Serious question. All right, and we're and we gonna end the show after this one because this is this is something that I've I've put a little bit of thought into, and there there is there is no wrong answer to this. All right, who is one player that like their cultural impact was widely greater? Than their actual impact on the game. Like who who is a player that you can think of? Like Melo is obviously one of them. Because let's be honest, Melo did not revolutionize the game in any ma- great material way. But he was on the cover of the best NBA live. He got respect yeah. because he's been an old head who has just aged gracefully. I remember and never that said NBA live to you. this day. You started up in the MC light, started hitting. Bro, what? To <laughs> Boy, that was neat. So, so who, who is who? That's when the controller was pausing, wasn't it? The controller was pausing and all that when you cut uh, that on. They be showing the little highlights. The little uh, yeah, highlights. yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You could do the uh, dunk, you could do the throw it off the, uh, the throw it off the try. screen. Yeah, throw it off the jumbo mm-hmm. try. Do the double back flip dunk. Yeah, okay, okay. Hey, I so, remember. I remember. Who, who is another player that's in that same vein as Melo to where like they had a huge cultural impact? But the reality of what they did for the game was like, eh, I mean, they were good for years. So I'm going to give you one that's even crazier. They have a huge cultural impact or a huge impact as far as like recognition in the game of basketball. But they were at best a mid player. Mm-hmm. I'm going Jason Williams. Hey, hey, you know what? You know, and I only say this because through me, like one the more I interact with people, the more I realize that like basketball is not like this. Like if you're a fan of basketball, you love basketball, but basketball is not a thing that like casual people really watch like that. Like people just watch casually. 
Mm-hmm. So like you people, the people that don't watch basketball, like the only players that's playing that they know for sure is like LeBron and Steph. And then, like, KD and Giannis is, like, under that maybe. But even a player that we consider, like, one of the best players in the game, like, the casual person don't know Joel Embiid. The casual person don't know Nikola Jokic. But you can ask people almost any age range. You can ask a 40-year-old and a 20-year-old, like, yo, you know White Chocolate, Jason Williams? They'd be like, yeah, I seen him on TikTok. I seen him on. And the way they talk about him, you would have thought this man was, like, magic or something. But he gave you, like, 9 and 4 or something like that. Oh, God. It was just a a very exciting 9 and 4. It was just a 9 and 4 with the little gallop, with the little extra cross, with the little sauce on the passing. That's that's a good one. That's a good one. Chris, you got one? You got Who is a guy that just – the, the cultural value was there, but the actual impact on the game, and it can be any sport. It don't got to be basketball. The cultural impact through the roof, the actual uh, career, meh, not so much. Uh, that's a tough one for me, man, because I got somebody that they had a great, great career. They, they're, they're, they're a Hall of Famer for sure. But, like, it's kind of like if they didn't play, you could still tell the story of basketball without them. And Oh, I think I know who you finna say. I think I did. Who who is it? Uh, I don't want to say this though, bro. I'm gonna get you. Gotta say it. You let it out. Let it out. The truth shall set you free, my brother. I ain't gonna lie, bro. Chris Boss, bro. Chris Boss is like a well-respected player. Chris Boss. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a Chris Boss is somebody like like. If you told the story of basketball, like yeah, he was he was great with the Raptors, but they ain't win nothing. Those also some of the worst teams in the history. Exactly. Hey, can I can I can I tell you something? I thought you was gonna take mine because some people gonna get mad at me for this. Some people gonna get well. Actually, never mind, never mind. It, it got to be that they were a mid player. So, because I I was going I'm not gonna. They don't, they don't have to be, be mid. Well, well, impact on the game is much less than their cultural relevance. Chris Paul, Chris Paul. I gotta hey. say it. I gotta I say. I mean, Chris you know, Paul you know, you got two Chris Paul haters right here. All right. Hear me yeah. out. You know, you know, you got two Chris Paul haters. Hear me out. Hear me out. Chris Paul has been he. Chris Paul has been really good for a very long time, right? How did he change the game of basketball? I guess being a, a great decision maker. I get. I don't know. But but to... what what was put in the point guards because Chris Paul did it? What like point guards like? Oh man. Because Chris Paul did it this way, I got to do it this way. I can make the argument that we wouldn't have Steph Curry without Chris Paul, not because he impacted Steph Curry's game, but every time Steph Curry match up against Chris Paul, we see a different man out there. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> hey, hey, nah, nah, bro, you violated. You violated. Wow, it, it was wow. that shit. It was that shimmy in 2017. That's that's <laughs> did it. <laughs> let me tell you, to, to, let, the way that. All right, so hear me out. You talk about casual fans don't know who these players are. If you ask the casual fan, hey, you know the guys in those commercials, the, the Cliff Paul, the, the like fake one? Yeah. They would know like, oh, yeah, that's Chris Paul. What has Chris Paul done to change the game? Like, what has happened? To, who got drafted higher than they were supposed to because of him? Because every other player that we think really changed the game, we could at least name two or three that were like, oh, yeah, that guy got drafted way higher than he should have because of him. Dirt, yeah. Andre Bargnani. Uh, you look at yep. you look at Jordan. Do you know how many wings that could jump got drafted way higher than bro, they were supposed to at that bro, time? Yo, they the, when the Heat drafted Harold Miner, they was like, yo, he <laughs> he was treating Harold Miner like he was about to be their goat. Kobe Bryant. How many wings that that? How many guards that refused to pass the ball? People were just like, eh, 
They'll figure it out. They'll. This guy's built a lot like Kobe. A lot. And the rest of the league said, "What? A lot <laughs> like who? A lot. Steph Curry. How many guards did we see that got that quick trigger that everybody thought, oh, he's shooting threes from thirty-five feet? He to. Oh my God. Oh my lord. Bruh, after my Shaq lord. started dominating the league, Kwame got drafted. Eddie Curry. Got, Eddie Curry went number two, didn't he? Kwame Brown. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Not even that. Greg Oden got drafted because oh, they I thought mean, he was gonna be like Shaq. They did, they did. And that, but that's that again, again. Who Anthony got drafted? Bennett. I could keep going who, with Shaq. Who got who got drafted too high because of Chris Paul? Who? Nobody. I don't think. That's my point. That nobody saw him and was like, "Oh yeah, we if we get one of those, our the fortunes of our franchise is turned around." It's just like. Yeah, he's a good point guard. Yeah, he's really good. He's really, and he's been that again. He's been a top five point guard for like 10, 12 years. I get it, but yeah, the cultural impact, the commercials, all the extras, mm, 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 impact on the game, just not there. Anywho, we know y'all tired of us talking about the, the discount double checks and, and Cliff Hall and, and Harold Miner. But come on back next week and a week after that. And a week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Stay